Okay, cool. It's recording. Usually we have pre-roll, but I'm way too exhausted from being drunk last night. So, Yay. man, Scotch, like, I wasn't kidding. Scotch gives you the worst hangover. Like, I, I had probably, like, four shots of Scotch in, like, I think four hours, mm-hmm. which isn't bad, but I guess that's considered binge drinking. I felt horrible. Got up feeling horrible, right? Ugh, ugh. Kids don't drink. That's my PSA for the day. Welcome back to the Decoded Podcast. I'm Keith Legion, and today I am joined by Christian Solberg once again from Soul Show and Mike Smith. Now, we're going to go ahead, break a few things down. Deadpool came out, so we wanted to go ahead and, of course, lay a little bit of a review of that and talk about more R-rated movies in the future and what this means for Fox. Now, if you haven't seen the movie already, and if you're looking, just a little bit of housekeeping, we do have next topic and previous topic throughout the YouTube video. So let's say you're watching right on YouTube and you're not enjoying the topic we're talking about. Don't leave. Just go ahead, hit next topic, and you'll slide right into the next one. If you're on SoundCloud, unfortunately, or iTunes, that option's not really available because it's audio only, but you should still be on there listening because you don't have to wait for all three videos to be released, and maybe you could subscribe because we love you. So anyway, diving into Deadpool review, uh, I know that a lot of people were on the fence about this. It was either going to be really good or really bad. So I want to go ahead and throw it over to Christian first and kind of what were your thoughts on Deadpool itself as a movie? Mm, well, um, I, I've seen it twice in theaters, so I think that's the only movie I've ever done that for. So if, that's, okay. if that doesn't say anything, um, and I'm obviously not as big of a comic book guy as you guys, but, you know, uh, I fucking loved it. And uh, it was amazingly funny. And uh, the references were great. The fourth wall breaks were amazing. And it was all rated and there was like these little kids who walked by and right when they walked by i was i was just shaking my head i was like oh this parent doesn't even know and uh i, I watched them when like there was nudity and stuff and they were just kind of awkwardly shifting in their she- uh, in their seats so that was pretty great so all in all i would one of my favorite superhero movies in all honesty they're like mommy why is the lady doing the thing to the man like i i would have felt so awkward as a parent during that pegging scene just kind of sitting <laughs> there like I have to explain this, don't I? Well, it's Valentine's oh. Day, and what parents do on Valentine's Day is... <laughs> no, I, I think the funniest line that those two had together, or one of the funniest lines, was when he was going to propose to her, mm-hmm. right? But she's like, I'm going to ask because you haven't asked already. <laughs> and she's like, do you want to put it in my... Oh, yeah, no, let's get married. Yeah, proposal. No anal sex. <laughs> yeah, no, not anal sex, that'd be weird. <laughs> uh, Mike, what did you think of it? I loved the film. Enjoyed pretty much every moment of it. Uh, it was surprised, like, even the serious scenes had, uh, comedic gems in them, like when yeah. Deadpool and his girl were lying on the ground together, and Pool is just making those sexual hand gestures with his fingers, and she's just <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing? We're gonna die if you don't do something, and he's just, like, fucking goofing off. Oh, because he, he has the knife in his head. Yeah. yeah. And then, like... The whole thing was like brilliant, but I've also heard from people like that they complained about the Deadpool breaking the fourth wall too much and talking to the audience, which for me, it's like, I'm thinking that's what Deadpool is, though. He always does that. He always talks to audience like mm-hmm. like that kind of stuff. But I mean, he's a whole difference. Like, that's what makes him separate from everyone else is he will just 
he doesn't care. He will bullshit with you. He'll bullshit with the villain. He'll do anything, even the good guys and stuff. He'll bullshit with everybody. So, well, I think with Deadpool, right, it's either you're in or you're out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it's not like the Avengers one and Avengers two, where you can be like, oh, well, I liked that part, and you know that part was really cool stylistically. Like you're either in from the first moment Deadpool starts. Or you're not, right? You're mm-hmm. maybe it's not your cup of tea. I actually was out in California, and I went with um, one of my mom's friends. Uh, I was out there visiting, and she has a daughter, and she's like, "Well, I haven't really been to an R-rated movie in a really long time." She's like, "I heard this Deadpool movie came out. You want to see it?" I was like, "Oh, I was going to see it myself, but yeah." So the opening scene happens, and he's blowing people's heads off. He's cutting mm-hmm. them to pieces, and I look over at her and I go, "Welcome back to the R-rated, you know, movie world." <laughs> She's like, what a way to be brought back into it. But she loved it. I mean, she had a lot of fun. I think that the difference between maybe Deadpool and a lot of other, you know, Marvel movies is the quips that were in there. Yeah, they were a little bit more, I would say, toilet humor, unfortunately, at points, right? Yeah. It, it wasn't the greatest comedy in the world, but it was enough comedy to kind of punctuate what was happening in the actual scenery, right? And in the scenes. Mm-hmm. Now, the directing, right? Because this was Tim Miller is around 50 years old. He hasn't really directed anything in his life, but he worked on video games. And I don't know if you guys could see that, right? Just mm, from the directing yeah, standpoint. I could. But yeah, like, like, yeah, like that opening scene with the, um, with the car crashing and everything like that, it really, I felt like I was watching a video game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, do you remember before it even came out, there was like that like trailer when it was just like the uh, highway scene? Yeah. Yeah, and that yeah. that really just felt like, you know, just a complete, like, animated, like, CGI, like, not not that it wasn't, like, extremely badass or anything, but yeah, it did feel a lot like a video game. What was nice about it, too, was the trailers, usually when movie trailers come out, you always think, oh, they're putting the best scenes of the movie pretty much in the trailer to make you mm-hmm. want to go see it. But in this, I end up being surprised with how much, like, the trailer did not have. And it was like, yes, I mean, it was probably because it was probably too, too risque to put it in the trailer, I guess. A Mm. lot of stuff. Well, you can't, you you can't really put unicorn masturbation (laughs) in your trailer, unfortunately. I I wish you could. I wish that they would let it go. But, you know, some people, they're just going to hate. Yeah. And then they'd have to explain why he has a little baby arm and why he's touching blind, (laughs) uh, blind black old chicks with it. Well, and I, so I felt like the movie itself was pretty cut and dry i i feel like we've seen movies like it before minus the fourth wall breaking right yeah. mm-hmm. it it didn't really transcend anything but i feel it needed to hit the beats that it hit right mm-hmm. they wanted to do a lot more characters they wanted to have of course more x-men because there's a joke about that in there yeah. mm-hmm. but with the budget that they had the 58 million right that's the type of movie that they could turn out and i'll be honest there are moments where i look at it and i go okay this looks a little cheap and it's very by the numbers with the villain. The villain didn't really impress me that much. I don't know about the rest of you. No, he didn't. But I felt like it was one of those things where it's just to introduce everyone to Deadpool who isn't familiar with him or to show people this is going to be only, like about Deadpool himself and to show you guys what we're going to do with him and to make mm-hmm. sure you guys are happy with it. It wasn't yeah. about the villains. Yeah, and, you know, um, the, just the way they killed off the villain, it was almost like trying to say that he wasn't that important. But, you know, he wasn't, like, terrible. I liked him and the uh, other girl. They were pretty badass. Yeah, like, he made oh, he made you hate him, so that was good. 
Mm-hmm. That ending speech with, with Colossus. Yeah. There, are, there are a few moments in life where you can choose to be hero or villain. You were, go, you were going on. You were, you were just going on. You just puke in the background. He's like, why? <laughs> why would you do that? I'm not the hero. Well, so, of course, Deadpool 2 has, you know, been greenlit in Virgo. Mm. Greenlit. Green, yeah, greenlit. There we go. Uh, ago. Through the studios. But Ryan Reynolds was talking about making an X-Force movie, right? as that's his next project that he's putting his passion it was, towards. Now, it was him and the producer, Simon uh, Kinberg or something like that. Kinsberg, yep. Yeah, he was the one who also brought it up. Well, and with that itself, so are we going to see kind of a split where we have, you know, we're going to have our mature X-Men movies, which is X-Force, right? We're going to have like our regular, what we've been getting, right? Which is, you know, X-Men, yeah. right? And they'll be the PG-13 movies. Because I feel like Apocalypse is kind of the end of an era. Yeah. Uh, with the trilogy that's being created right now. Now, I know that we have Singer on for one more movie. He's going to probably start something that, you know, will be paid off over two more movies. But would we rather see it kind of diverge and you have, you know, your mature X-Force movie and then you have your PG-13? Or do you just want it to go straight to X-Force and all we have is that? Well, I have to wait and see what happens in Apocalypse because I want to, if the story leaves the uh room for more stuff to happen i will want to see one at least one more final movie okay but i am i'm full gun on seeing the x-force movie made uh especially it i see it as kind of like as you were saying it x-force rated r x-men pg-13 and like x-force what makes it great is of course you get deadpool and then you'll probably have, of course, Cable's been talked of being in the next Deadpool movie. And then you have um, Colossus, who will probably be in it because he was in the Deadpool movie. And then you have several other characters that you can, the studio can pretty much go, all right, we want this one. We want this one. We need to introduce it. We should introduce this one and this one. And then when it comes to Wolverine, unless they cast somebody new who would, who would be like, I don't know, man. It's, other than Hugh Jackman, I can't think of anyone else who can really pull off Wolverine. Well, and so I do want to get us into kind of, you know, talking about the members that we would like to see yeah. in the actual X-Force itself with that. So before we move on to that, Chris, I mean, what are your thoughts? Do you do you foresee that it would be smarter to have those R-rated movies, right, and have PG-13 movies running at the same time? Or do you think put all your eggs in one basket? Um, I kind of would like, you know, I think... A lot of the times, PG-13, it just kind of holds back whatever it is. And okay. so, I just... I Whatever would feel the most natural, I guess, on screen. Like, I, I wouldn't want them to hold anything back. And so... And if... Yeah, so I just... Probably just R-rated. I think it would... It may not be the smartest move, and but, you know, whatever would make the best movie. Okay. Well... So, taking a look here, there's a really large roster of X-Force characters that are available. Uh, you had mentioned Wolverine. I I have a better idea, I think, for what they should do for the Wolverine stand-in. But, from the characters that they currently have available at their roster as of Apocalypse, right? You have Psylocke, which is a part of it, played by Olivia Munn. Yep. We were introduced to Bishop in Days of Future Past, but I think that they wouldn't do that, as they'd have to recast so maybe they could do young Cyclops and young Jean Grey, unless they want to save them for the X-Men franchise or one of them, right? I would probably say the new Wolverine movie is going to be Old Man Wolverine. So I'd like to see them kind of retire 
and and have a swan song yeah for him so instead i would like X-23? to see x23 yeah yep. that's what i was thinking because that would make more sense right i mean she is the one who's kind of headlining in comics right now yeah she's a part of an avengers group i think it is all new avengers or uncanny i think it's two. uncanny so she's yeah, she's a part of an Avengers group right now, so you've got that kind of syncopation between the two, um, or syncing up of that. Besides that, Colossus you could do. I think that if they want to save their money, they keep Colossus to being a foil to Deadpool. Yeah. And of course, mm-hmm. bring in Cable. But any other suggestions that either of you two could think of? I mean, any character, right? Because yeah. Fox, Fox could bring in Johnny Storm for well, a while. Well, as I, as I was thinking, to bring a lot, of, it'd bring a lot of kind of interesting uh like uh storylines to it i'd say definitely consider bringing cyclops in because then you have cable and cyclops and it'd be kind of like a doctor who kind of oh you're my father (laughs) but you're only you're pretty much younger than much younger than me right now yeah and then deadpool can probably roll with a bunch of father-son jokes all the time just throwing them out there I would like to see Bishop in it because Bishop and Cable are just like they're close homies pretty much. So it's it'd be hard not to see Bishop in it, though. You did say they would have to recast the smaller uh, characters. I'd say Archangel, um, Boom Boom, Cannonball, Cypher, Siren or Banshee, as she also goes by. And then, of course, Storm could probably make an appearance, too. Yeah, and that's the hard part, and they make a Deadpool joke, right, in the movie. They make a joke about, we don't know where we're at in canon right now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, like, that kind of complicates things, because originally, when they had talked about it, it was going to take place in the 90s. But then you look over, and you have uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Yeah. She's got an iPhone, and she's tweeting. Mm. So it's like, when does this take place? Uh, So it's kind of, like, out of time. But it's got to be after 2000s, which after 2000s is where Stuart would take over, right? Yeah. So it's it, it's a lot of confusion. What about you, Chris? Are there any characters that you would like to see, even if we've named them? Because we named a lot. Yeah, you named a lot. Um, wasn't Quicksilver in Days of Future Past? Quicksilver was in Days of Future Past. Yeah, Days I mean, Apocalypse, too. Yeah, I saw that, and I thought they worked him well, so probably Quicksilver. Uh, the only problem with Quicksilver is he's just, he's kind of that do-sex machina. Yeah. He's just so ultra powerful that I don't know how you could control a character yeah, like that. They would have to nerf him, which is why I think that they killed him off in Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. right? Mm. Because that character was so overpowered; he can run so fast and basically pause all of time. So, how do you combat somebody like that unless you have another speedster on their team? Yeah. Now, before we move into my into the last topic of part one, I did want to kind of pitch who we think would be a really good villain for Deadpool 2. Now, regardless of rights, because I think that there's a few rights that are being changed over, I myself would love to see Taskmaster, because he basically just copies other people's abilities, right? And they're like, he copies their fighting styles. And he's kind of the arch nemesis to Deadpool. They wanted to originally cast him in as the villain, but they couldn't get the rights to it. So I would love to see that. Uh, Are there any other ones, Mike or Chris, that you guys would like to see as a villain for Deadpool 2? I guess uh, I could always bring in maybe like uh, Doctor Doom or okay, or maybe have uh, Punisher make an appearance and have him and Deadpool go at it or something. Okay, that'd be nice. But I can't really think of anyone else off the top of the head. Yeah, okay, Chris. Uh, same. I can't really think of anyone off the top of my okay. head. 
no problem. So moving into the last topic of part one here. We wanted to go ahead and think of a superhero or a hero, just someone in the comic book industry that after Deadpool's success with R-rated movies, that we think deserves their own R-rated movie. So there's a lot to choose from, right? They could be ones that already have movies. They could be ones that don't have movies yet. So I'm going to go ahead and start with Chris. Mm. And Chris, what would you like to see as an R-rated movie? Um, as an R-rated movie, I, I know Suicide Squad's coming out, and that's kind of giving them their own movie. But uh-huh. I, I'm, I think the Joker as his own movie, like that would be like really amazing. Like, okay. Uh, just like not not like an origin story, but just something for him to do. And you know, obviously, it would make money because everyone knows who he is. And Suicide Squad alone is gonna make a lot of money because he's in it. So, and I think they want to establish the Jared Leto Joker a little bit more. So. I think for that universe, uh, his own movie would be really good. Okay. Now, is Batman in it, or is it just the Joker? I think uh, when I I I keep when I keep going back and forth, I think he should be in it. I don't know if he should be the main bad guy. Maybe he does something that triggers something. Um, If Batman's in it, it's almost like why not just make a Batman movie? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, So. Maybe just Robin or something. I don't know. Uh, or Ed, he could just do something different. I don't know. Okay. Mike, what are your thoughts? Um, hmm, maybe after uh, when he said mention Robin, uh, maybe do like a Nightwing or mm-hmm. a Red Hood uh, movie. Do it rated R and have uh, him just be badass. Um, because I think Robin is more of a PG-13 type of character, but... The other, the other adult, more adult versions of Robin, as such as Red Hood and um, fucking Nightwing, both of them are much darker, I'd say, character-wise, and okay. they probably work out a lot better in an R-rated type movie. Like I think, to be honest, Batman would make a great R-rated movie. Like a, a version of Batman rated R would be great, but it's such a big name. I don't know if they'd actually do it. Yeah, and I think. I think kind of hitting it over the head, right, is Marvel, Disney, right, their R-rated stuff is just going to go on Netflix. They're not going to actually make or try and put in the money to make a movie mm-hmm. that'll be R-rated. So I feel like trying to pitch a Marvel character with Disney umbrella under it is kind of, it's kind of hard to do that. Yeah. Now, on the DC landscape, DC does have some hard-hitting characters, uh, ones like Aquaman, uh, Wonder Woman, of course. You've got Green Lantern. I just don't know if any of those would be big enough to warrant an R-rated movie. I'd probably have to say, for my money, I would like to go ahead and see like a Doctor Doom movie. But a Doctor Doom movie where the Fantastic Four is involved, right? You're learning his origin story about his mother who kind of dabbled into things with Mephisto and lost her soul and went to hell. And it's all about Doctor Doom getting to hell and trying to break his mother out. Because Doctor Doom in the comics is kind of a badass. He basically learns magic, goes back in time, I think it's like 3,000 years, and is immortal at that point and just lives through 3,000 years in one of his canons. So that would be such a cool movie to see this guy like go into hell, right? Think that he's got enough knowledge. He doesn't, right? That's the end of Act 2. He gets thrown out of hell. So he gets out of hell, thankfully, right, with his life. And then finds these spells to take him back in time to Egyptian times and kind of make himself a god, so to speak, on Earth over that 3,000 years. I think a really dark Forrest Gump (laughs) (laughs) with Doctor Doom and magic. 
that would that that would be for my money's worth right yeah. and i agree with i agree with you on batman joker i think the hard part about joker is the same hard part i have about suicide squad right mm. it's finding that balance because if you want to make a movie about a villain that's perfect make the killing joke right mm. make like a live action killing joke about the joker and quote unquote his origins and that sounds perfect to me a r-rated nightwing film i think would work less than like an r-rated red hood film like you said yeah like an like an r-rated red hood and the outlaws or just red hood in general film would be pretty badass especially because it looks like they're going in the vein with ben affleck's solo batman film that the joker has killed either dick grayson right changing canon Mm. or has killed jason todd and basically setting it up to make the red hood and that would be our first live action film so that one i would go r on that i don't think they will i think that they want to play it safe they got Ben Affleck right, yeah. make it PG thirteen. Mm-hmm. But if you want to make a movie from Red Hood's point of view, where he's basically just chasing people down, killing people, and he's kind of that rogue operative that kind of would be a good Suicide Squad member, but not completely because he kind of works better solo. I think that would be perfect. Moving forward into music talk because we talk about music every once in a while. First and foremost, I'm going to do a plug for Christian because mm-hmm. Christian did me a big favor. And over on Soul Music, which I'm sure there's an annotation or a card at the top, he went ahead and put up the first single from my band called Up and Down. The artist is called the artist and the artiste. So maybe you should go check that out. It's like two minutes of your life and it's a super good song. And it helps Chris because it gets his views higher. And let's be honest, everyone likes views. Mm -hmm. That's a good segue into the Grammys. (sighs) Every year, the Grammys. So the Grammys happened. They were great. No one liked them. Mm. Just kidding, everyone liked them. So Chris was the one that wanted to talk about the Grammys. So I'm going to let Chris kind of take over from here and just kind of talk about his thoughts, and then we'll kind of interject in. Go ahead, Chris. Okay. Um, well, first thing, if if it was like three and a half hours this time, the Grammys, yep. and that's pretty crazy. And it was, I'd say, like 75% performances. It was like to the point where like you would, the artists would perform, and then they would give out an award, and it was... Not not that none of the performance none of the performances were bad. Uh, uh, Kendrick's was the only one though that actually I would say was amazing. But I know some people like the Lady Gaga one. But by the time I got to that one, I was like just kind of I was just halfway fast forwarding and barely watching because three and a half hours is a long ass award show. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And um, as far as you know, album of the year they gave that to Taylor Swift over. Kendrick, which, you know, I loved Pimp Butterfly, a favorite album from 2015, but I wasn't surprised. But at the same time, when they were about to give the award, I was like, Pimp Butterfly, Pimp Butterfly. Then I was like, Taylor Swift. I was like, oh, yay. Two times in a row or however many times she's won. Uh, Other than that, um, they gave Megan Trainor an award. uh, And I know that that award usually... They get the award and then their career ends. So hopefully her career ends. Um, <laughs> Ooh, shots fired. Shots fired. Um, and, you know, I know, Keith, you said you wanted J. Cole to win, right? Yeah, I, I wanted his was for rap album of the year. Mm-hmm. I think that they gave it to, to Pimp a Butterfly because they were going to be giving Taylor Swift the album of the year, right? Mm-hmm. So they were kind of tipping their hat and saying, yeah, Kendrick, we really enjoy it. Didn't, didn't Kendrick, was it 2014? Or 2013, where Imagine Dragons beat him. Ooh. Um, oh, no, no, it wasn't Imagine Dragons. Sorry, it was Macklemore. Yeah, Macklemore. I, and Mac, Macklemore texted him. I think that might have been 2012, because I think that's when Good Kid, Mad City came out. Or was it 
2012 or 2013, and um, and I I was kind of upset by that, but all the all the rap albums this year, I I actually think they're all like Grammy worthy. Like you had Compton by Dr. Dre, that was really good. Uh, Drake's uh, if you're reading this too late, which I thought was a mixtape, but I guess it isn't. Uh, right, like that's the only Drake album that I actually like really liked. Like it was the first one. Um, not that I hate his music, but that was the first album of his that I was like, oh, I, this one I actually really like. And then you had J. Cole, which that again was great. And he's collabing with Kendrick. So that's something to look forward to, right? Well, so wait, you hold on. Wait, stop. Wait, stop. Stopping. Okay. So you have listened to how many of Drake's albums and you only like the newest one? I didn't say like the only one that I really, really liked. Really? Did you listen to Nothing Was the Same? Like, I, I'm sorry. I, have, you, I, 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 have you listened, like, start to finish that album? Which one? Nothing Was the yeah. Same? Or if you're reading this? Uh, nothing Was the Same. Nothing Was the Same is amazing. I liked it, yeah. I didn't say, I don't think I loved, loved it. So Nothing Was the Same was the album that made me kind of, like, listen to Take Care and, like, really enjoy his music. Mm-hmm. I didn't really like If You're Reading This, It's Too Late. Oh, really? Only because I, I kind of like that more chilled out Drake that's a little bit more in his head. Mm-hmm. And I felt that it took too long, and if you're reading this, it's too late to get to that time or to get to that point, right? Like the first three or four songs I was listening to, I was like, "Great, these are bangers." Where, mm-hmm. Where's that deep Drake that I like? That <laughs> could go on the speed for an hour. The, the Drake that started so many memes um, about feelings. Um, yeah, the, yeah, nothing was the same. Uh, I I liked it, but like the feely stuff, you know, a lot of times I just kind of clocked out and I wasn't. Feeling it. And again, I haven't heard that album in a fucking while, so my thoughts on it could have changed. Uh, but if you're reading this at too late, it, it just all the songs I never I didn't find a song that I didn't like. And I did with nothing was the same. OK, I mean, OK, that's to each their own. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're wrong. But I mean, to each. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. So, so I'm wondering, cause I'm looking through the winners. I tuned in and tuned out and tuned in and tuned out mm-hmm. through it. Drake didn't win for back-to-back, did he? Oh, I didn't even check out that one. If he did, that'd be amazing, just for the fact that a diss track won a Grammy. Um, That's all I wanted. That's really <laughs> all I wanted from that night. I kept checking in, like, is he, Drake yeah. he lost. He lost to uh, All Right by Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick already won something that night. Can we not give this man an award? He was in a wheelchair for, like, 12 years. Good <laughs> luck. Degrassi's amazing. Okay, so Uptown Funk, much deserved one record of the year. That song, I'll be honest, mm-hmm. 2014 ended. I was really sad because there wasn't any really good pop music out there because Happy was in the charts for like eight months straight. Yeah. And then Uptown Funk got released like right on January 1st or right after January 1st. Yeah. And it was just, oh God, it was so nice. And mm-hmm. oh Even God, my brother was... liked it and he's pretty picky on his music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it, and the funny thing I find, I so I didn't realize this. So, during the Super Bowl halftime show, right? Uh-huh. The DJ that they were focusing on for the first 15 seconds yeah. uh, was Mark Ronson. Yeah, Mark Ronson. I didn't realize that. Like, I was like, man, I'd be super pissed if there was like a halftime show at the Super Bowl <laughs> and it wasn't even Bruno Mars' song uh-huh. and Bruno Mars got to perform it. Yeah. But then I like, said, they're like, who the fuck is this DJ that they're focusing on? And then it clicked. I was like, oh. Yeah. Bruno Mars basically made him that his song. I remember another award show he won and Mark Ronson just kind of took the award, and he was like, okay, let me just hand the mic to fucking Bruno Mars now. And I don't know how to speak well. He's like, here, 
He's like, everyone knows who you are. They'd have to explain who I am. I'm just the guy who made the song. Not a big deal. I'm the one that put it all together and made sure you sounded good, made sure yeah. the instruments sounded good. Yeah. Don't worry about it. I'm nobody. It, Here, take the it, it was on my album, not Bruno's, but, you know, fuck it, right? I, I'm, I'm only getting 30%, and he's getting 70% of all the money, <laughs> but I did all the work. It was exactly the same what happened. You know that one song by Jack U featuring Justin Bieber? And now it's Justin Bieber's song. I've actually not heard that because I try to avoid Justin yeah, Bieber. But I'm not going to judge you. No, no one blames you. But, you know, when I first heard that song, uh, my friend, he's like really into Skrillex and he introduced me to it. And that was and now it's like Justin Bieber's song and uh, he's performing it. And it's it's the, it's the exact same situation. Oh, that was the one that won like best dance track or something like that. Right. Probably. Or... probably. OK. OK. Yeah. The. I mean, looking at all of the winners, right? Okay, yeah, Uptown Funk has won. A, I think they won like two or three awards that night. Ed Sheeran, of course, won a few awards. I know none of the best new artists except Same. for Megan Trainer, and I hate her so much. <laughs> Every song, like when she first released "All About That Bass," I was like, "Oh, this is really pretentious and kind of dickish towards like skinny women." But I'm sure she'll get better with time. And then she released "Dear My Future Husband," and I was like, "All right, all right, <laughs> hit list, hit list." We gonna be it. all right. Sorry. Yeah, and and then who was that? Was it Sam Hunt that made the Marvin Gaye song? That was Charlie Puth and her. Oh my God! Okay, and that song is just really dislikable. Let's Marvin Gaye get on. Yep, yep. So you've never had sex then, right? Okay, cool. Just just making sure because we're not gonna judge you if we feel like you've never had sex, but if you've actually had sex and then wrote this song, I gotta know who the girl was because <laughs> there's I have a lot of questions. Oh, Babla didn't win, but Kendrick was on that. Why didn't your boy Kendrick win for Bad Blood? Mm, don't know. <laughs> uh, so one of the biggest snubs, I think, for the night, one of the wrong snubs, I'll say it this way, right? The Weeknd won one award for Earned It, which I don't think he did. Oh, God. But he didn't win any awards for Beauty Behind the Madness. Not even Best R&B? Or... I'm dumb checking. Best R&B performance was Earned It, which was oh, God. horrible. No, disagree. Best, best Best R&B song was D'Angelo. Best R&B album was actually Black Messiah by Yeah, I I barely listened to that, um, so I can't really disagree. But, you know, I almost thought, how is The Weeknd going to be nominated for Best Album but not win his... He wasn't. No, he didn't even, he wasn't even nominated for Best R&B. What? Did they? Yeah. So the Academy just thought it was a pop album, I guess? I, I get, but isn't there like a best pop album and then it's a best overall album? I don't know how he isn't nominated for those categories, but then he w- is nominated for out. The Grammys are fucking stupid. Well, I mean, all award shows to a point. Uh, yeah, but it's just... it's like some people watch, so you at least try to, you know, make sense, I guess. Okay, yeah, there's best pop vocal album, and guess who was not nominated? Uh, The Weeknd? Yep. So the Grammys were just like bullshitting i guess well okay so why did ed sheeran win uh, for thinking out loud guys guys this is this is why oh this is this is problems like can't feel my face while not a perfect song right mm-hmm. is better than heartbeat song by kelly clarkson mm-hmm. better than the ellie golding golding yeah i'd agree with that and definitely better than blank space Thinking out, loud, thinking out loud is the really like somber song, isn't it? Yeah, it's like uh, just piano, him singing. The music video is just them dancing. What the fuck? <laughs> like, I'm sorry. No, no. I'm going to fucking say this. When I think of best pop song, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, anybody remember Shut Up and Dance? Oh, fuck, yes. That's a fucking pop song. That makes you feel like yeah. fucking pop. Thinking Out Loud is that one song that you listen to that you're crying yourself to sleep. <laughs> like, fucking, what the shit? Wait, Adele didn't even get awarded for anything, did she? I don't think so. Or is she next year? Is she doing next year? Because they, they was so close on that line. Um, No, I think it came out before. Wow, if I was Adele, I'd be pissed. Yeah, I mean, she, I, she like steamrolled the the first year. Oh, yeah, dude. She, I mean, if she'd stop naming albums after the age she is, I think that maybe... <sighs> not even the age. It's like when she made the album. So she's always like a year or two behind. Okay, I'm not mad that Muse won for Best Rock Album for Drones. I know no one listens to Muse anymore after The Resistance. Like everybody's like, oh, shit, yeah, that's a band. But they beat out Death Cab for Cutie, and that was a pretty good album. But I'll, I'll, I'll definitely give it to Muse. That was... Oof, drones was they they make such good music. Make more music and 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 love to your wife. Okay, yeah. Oh, so I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of on the fence. I think this was a shitty Grammys. I mean, the whole event as a whole, like uh, it was just even the weekend's performance. It was just him doing the songs but over a piano. So the performances weren't really that great. The awards were kind of that usual bullshit you kind of expect. But, you know, you kind of wish they'd throw a curve once in a while, but they don't. I, and, yeah, I don't watch any uh, award shows. Mm-hmm. I kind of stopped like years ago, really, because I think it just every it's become kind of the nominee like Oscars. I don't watch. And one reason is because of the lack of black people in the nominees. And then uh the Golden Globes gave uh, The Martian comedy of the year, and that's not really a comedy. So, and then the award shows like this, it's like between Kanye interrupting Taylor years ago or whatnot, and everything that happens. It's I miss the days of like um, ODB saying Wu Tang is for the children and stuff like that. That was those were memorable times. Now it's just all kind of overhyped BS, really. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. I completely agree. And I think that the wrong, like I said, I think that the wrong people won. I mean, that could be for any number of reasons. But kind of moving forward here uh, in the music sphere, speaking of Kanye interrupting people, Kanye interrupted life by saying he's $53 million in debt. So I wanted to talk about that because he's married to Kim K. And Mm. I don't, I don't understand. There's been a lot of Kanye talk lately. Kanye dropped Life of Pablo, right? Mm Mm-hmm. He is about to drop a video game about his mother making it to heaven, which oh my god, I'm calling it now. That will be the biggest let's played game. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Everyone will be playing it. Like what the fuck? New, like, new bad, Five Nights at Freddy's, the new one. Oh damn straight. So <laughs> I kind of wanted to talk about all that, and then we'll kind of talk about our favorite Kanye album. But just gonna talk about Life of Pablo. I have not listened to it yet, but you two have. So mm-hmm. starting out with Mike, what are your thoughts? Uh, Life of Pablo. Um. It's at first I did not like the album at all, but it's kind of growing on me. Like there's certain songs that I think are a bit preachy and a little over religious for me. Like ultra ultra light beams. That it's not a bad song, especially since he brings in Chance the Rapper in it. Mm-hmm. But it just seems too churchy, sort of. And then like my favorite song is probably No Parties. In no more parties in LA because mainly because of Kendrick. Like I feel like he did a good job picking what artists to bring in to do vocals and uh, verses with. 
but it's just I don't know. Um, it, it's far from his old stuff. That's what I have to say. Really, it's really far from his old stuff. So, and I know what your favorite album is, but we, so we have five albums by Kanye, right? Yeah, something like Dropout, that. Dropout, Graduation, 808s, Yeezus, and this one. Dark, yeah, so five and Dark Twisted Fantasy. There wow. it is, six. My apologies. So, where would you rank this between the albums that you've listened to by Kanye? Like, would it be like the fourth being the like six being the worst? Right? Would it be like the fourth best album he's done, or fourth worst, or fourth whatever? or fifth? I didn't I actually haven't listened to Jesus, uh, the Jesus album, or the one uh, Christian just mentioned. Um, eight oh eight. I stopped. Like, I stopped kind of listening to Kanye around eight oh eight. Eight oh eight. I didn't have a problem with. Um, because okay. he was going through whatever emotional shit he was going through. But like, my top three are his first three albums, like pretty much in a row. Uh, okay. Like, and we'll dive. We're we're gonna dive into that after. Yeah. So I'm gonna have you hold off on that because what's gonna happen is we're gonna dive into it, and then we're not going to um dive into the rest of the life of Pablo. So with that, Chris, what were your thoughts on Life of Pablo? Um, you know, I've heard different reactions about it. Some people said it was good. Some people said it was just awful. Uh, my brother, he really fucking likes it and he's more into the trap type stuff. So, uh, if that kind of gives you an idea, if, if I could describe it, it feels like Kanye West, the celebrity, not the like person is making an album. Like there's one song. It's like, just, there's no instrumental. It's like literally a minute of him just rapping his own name. Like he's like, I miss the old Kanye, Kanye, and it's really fucking pretentious. Um, <laughs> the features like Chance, Weekend, even fucking Post Malone, the White Iverson dude, like they all have really good guest appearances. But you know, he, I, I actually heard he's making like an updated version to the album because he sampled so much shit and like used so much vocoder fucking everywhere, and he. It's all over the place. Like, he took out random segments for no fucking reason. Uh, okay. And Kendrick, uh, by the way, also had a really good guest thing. And, you know, I like it, I think, in the end, because it is actually, like, it tries really hard to just be catchy and in your face, and it's all over the place. And in that way, it's good, but it can also be just really pretentious. That whole Taylor Swift diss thing, I thought was again kind of pretentious um and for those at home that don't know what was that disc it was um it, it went something on the lines of the song's called famous and he said uh i think me and taylor might still have sex because i made that bitch famous and it goes something along the lines of that uh and you know i didn't not that i'm in taylor swift's corner i just thought that was really just something he did He's trying really hard to get views and shit and maintain relevancy because even before the album dropped, he was like changing the name and the covers and just he would drop uh, random songs. And it was just he's really trying hard to get views. And that's why I feel I'm I hear the celebrity and not the person. Yeah. And the weird part is. So Rihanna dropped her album mm. with no notice, right? Mm. Because I think I think that artists are trying to see if they have a big enough following that they can do that, right? Mm. So does that. Then Kanye just drops this album out of nowhere. Like it was really kind of one of those things where he said, you know, oh, uh, this day I'm dropping it, which is like three or four days from then. Mm. What which I think is kind of 
the reason that Kanye's album has been illegally downloaded so much. I mean, you're looking at more than a half a million illegal downloads. Mm -hmm. And apparently, according to him, the only way to get The Life of Pablo is to subscribe to the title streaming service, right? Uh Because he's not going to sell it anywhere. So my question to him, which is going to be rhetorical, right? And maybe to people listening is, do you feel it's okay or it's it's a little bit more okay to steal it or, or to download it illegally or to stream it, right, on something that's not title? Because by technicality, right, he's making it so hard for you to listen to his music. And mm. you can never own that album. You can only listen to it on title streaming. Mm. So does that make it better? Does that make it worse? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it to you first, Christian, and kind of get your opinion on kind of the whole legal downloading of the album. Um. Again, when Kanye says this type of shit, I don't know when he's being serious. I think he just says shit and just because he knows people will listen. Uh, like, I remember he said something about Pitchfork. They gave his album a 9 out of 10. He's like, it should be a 30 out of 10. Fuck you. And those are people who are going out of their way to give you a good fucking review, so fuck you. Again, like, and I think this whole style of just releasing out of nowhere, that's something Beyonce did. And I think that's because if you say, oh, I'm releasing it six months from now, people will just lose all interest and hype by the time it releases. And so when you put it exclusively on title, which is a service no one fucking uses, in all honesty, like that that was just Jay-Z thinking he had a good idea, but he really didn't. And you're asking people to literally stop using their other Spotify's and SoundClouds or whatever, iTunes, um... And when you make it ex- exclusive, like, I can't buy it anywhere else, and hell yeah, I'm going to fucking illegally download it. I'm not going to spend money just to listen to it, because, you know, I like to own my music. So I think, in general, it was just, I don't know why he's surprised. He really shouldn't be, and, you know, he's just being stupid in the end. So before I throw it to Mike, this this is kind of relevant to you and I, Chris. Mm. Less for Mike, because Mike will do, like, written reviews for us, right? Which, if you have not... Look at this push a T. It's on blogspot. It's in the comments section. I'm not going <laughs> to sit here. I'm not going to sit here and try to remember my own website because it's like blogspot. Decoded review cast. Mm. It's it's a long one. So anyway, but in Mike with Mike, right? Mike can sit there and review it written, mm. and there's no problem. But for someone like you and me who does video reviews, right? Mm. If we sample that music, are we technically telling him that we illegally downloaded it? Because if you can only stream it from title, right, you either have to copy it from title, mm. which is illegal because you're reproducing it, right? Mm. Or two, you have to find a torrent for it on Pirate Bay or other places that I'm sure people go to do torrents. Because I don't do that, so I don't know any other sites. But so do you think that that's going to be more detrimental to kind of his album, not not allowing you know video reviewers to review it because the only way to video review it with music in it is to be is to get it illegally. Um, I'm sure if you like ask Kanye, he, that would just be like a weird noise in his ear, and I doubt he'd. He said some. It was like white people shouldn't review my stuff because it's for black people or it's, or it's black people music, which again is just complete idiot idiocracy. So if you ask him, I'm sure he'd just be like, well, fuck you for even reviewing it. But I think, you know, when I've listened to reviews and I've heard the music and I've sought out that music. So and I know if I was in a position where a person was like, oh, listen to the track, but on title, I'd be like, no, I'm not going to fucking title. So I think it's, you know, not smart personally. Okay, now 
throw it back over to Mike with kind of the whole pirate bay, the illegal downloading and it being a little bit better, right. Mm-hmm. Or being worse, whatever, just because of, you know, having to get title to do it. What are your thoughts on kind of how Kanye's handled releasing the album and kind of what it means for people who want to review it or people that maybe just want to own it? He should not be in charge of doing anything when it comes to other than making music. Like, like he can do his music, but don't take like, don't go into video game making. Don't go into uh, trying to push out your own album. Let someone else hire somebody to do that for you because you're not going to do it. You're, you're not going to do it well. And people like the whole downloading thing is because he's an idiot and he he's lets us like he doesn't know how to get it out there correctly. And what do we do? We want to listen to it. How are we going to do it? We're going to download it illegally because that's the only way we know how to get it, really. Okay, and that makes sense to me. I mean, that's the weird part, right? When when Rihanna dropped hers, you could buy it on iTunes. Like, that was just kind of how it was, right? And and that is why it was so big, a big deal, and a lot of copies sold us. No one was looking for it, and nobody knew that they wanted it, right? On Kanye's, he's like, I'll do the same thing, but put up a bigger wall that they can't get over. It's like, well, Kanye, you should talk to Trump about walls. Because they don't go over so well with people. <laughs> but moving kind of forward into a little bit of his gaming expertise. Is if there's one thing I think of with Kanye, it's damn, that guy knows how to make a video game. Totally. So he made a, or he showed a trailer, right? Along with his, you know, along with the trailer for the, you know, the new album, Life of Pablo. And it's called Only One, Right. Yeah, and he has a song called Only One about his mom. Yeah, and so, because I'm going to be super disrespectful if I try and tell you what the premise of this game is, I'm going to give it to Christian to tell you what the premise is of the flying unicorn Pegasus wings (laughs) Um, light simulator. Well, to put it basically, um, when Kanye's mom died, he lost his fucking mind. And so now we're going to explore exactly when he lost his mind via his mom going to heaven through a video game, which, again, is extremely kind of creepy. And if you think about it, almost disrespectful to her. But I, maybe he doesn't see it that way. But, you know, some people that's creepy to me. Like if I if I even thought about doing that about my mom, if she ever passed, that would just disturb me. But his life is a circus, and he wants to make it into a video game, and he's insane. So, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, basically, you guide Kanye's mom to the deepest levels of heaven, which I didn't know heaven was like hell and had deeper layers. Same, I same. Yeah. Didn't know these things, but, I mean, we're not the genius that is Kanye. Um, so, <laughs> right, so it's one of those things where it's like, shut your fucking mouth, you're not Kanye. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> My bad. But... As I stated, I think this is going to end up being probably the most let's played thing on YouTube <laughs> because everyone will want to play this game to see how horrendous it is or if it's surprisingly good, how good it is. Uh, Mike, what are your thoughts? Okay, so I, do, I don't understand what it's going to be like because, heaven, like as we were saying, heaven has layers or whatnot. What, like, what's the, what's the story going to be other than just like, oh, hi, hi, Angel, I'm... I'm uh, Kanye's mother, this and that. And, and, like, if it was, like, hell, hell, you have to fight demons and this and that. What are you going to do in heaven? You just walk around and and, and explore heaven? There's It seems really boring, for one. 
And secondly, why, as Christian was saying, why even do it? Because it sounds very disturbing. Yeah, as Christian was saying, disturbing. Because there's really nothing weirder than making a video game or making anything really about a dead relative that you're close to or somebody really close to you dying. Like a song, sure. Songs and albums being dedicated to a loved one, sure. But a video game makes no sense. Yeah, especially when it's not your realm. And I think that that's kind of the weird part. Now, Kanye could surprise us. It could be the best video game we've ever played and have a lot of microtransactions. We don't know. We don't know these things. But in all honesty, it's not looking like the best kind of... It's not looking the best going forward. Now, kind of moving into the last little bit of our Kanye talk. So... Favorite Kanye album. Mike, I'm going to let you go ahead and start. What's your favorite Kanye album? Just one. His first one, uh, College Dropout. Uh, it's solid all the way through, pretty solid all the way through. Uh, you get Bernie Mac doing voice, doing voices in it. It's And, uh, I mean, like, probably my least favorite song in it is probably Jesus Walks, and even that's a good song, really. In all, in all honesty, very churchy. It's very churchy. Yeah, it is very churchy, but it's mm-hmm. not a bad song compared to like most of the songs of his later stuff. So okay, okay, I can get behind that. Chris, what's your favorite Kanye album? Uh, again, Yeezus. I haven't listened to all Yeezus. Uh, even Graduation. I'm missing parts to that. And again, Life of Pablo. I haven't like listened to the whole thing uh, all the way through. So. Uh, college dropout. Yeah, if I, I don't want to steal mics, but um, it's like there's not a bad song on there. And you know, when you when you ask people, uh, what's his what's your favorite album? It's usually college dropout. It's like the universally praised album, and he hasn't lost his mind yet. So that's another plus. So yeah, I, I would say that one too. So so do I not get friends anymore if I don't like that album? No, you don't. None. I get no friends. I just nope. own you. Your Facebook uh, friends list would just drop to zero. Unfriend it's like, click. <laughs> but it's like, I mean, college dropouts, good. I, I don't know. So I'm going to bring it back to what I said about Drake, right? Mm. I like in your head rappers, right? Like mm. they, They're in their own minds and they're kind of working through something. That's why I like Childish Gambino. That's why I like J. Cole. Mm. So my favorite Kanye album has always been 808s and Heartbreak. All right. Okay. I mean, from the very first song, you're just given such a distraught man. Like it's, who say you say you will. It, it isn't the best song for like the introduction. It's great, but like Welcome to Heartbreak, right? Where he's digging into his life and all the things that he can't do because he's famous and all the things like that. Like at first, I was like, okay, oh, you poor baby, like you're famous. But he does a really good job painting that canvas to make you kind of be like, oh. That kind of must suck that all of your time is taken up by all these things, right? Because we all have that in our lives. We all have things that take up more of our time that we wish we could have take up less of our time. So to have that on a different level, which is really what he has, I feel like it's the last time before he really loses his mind. Like he lost his mind after 808s and Heartbreak, I feel. But it's just such a good breakup album. And maybe I was at that time of my life where I was going through a really hard breakup, right? Mm. But heartless amazing love lockdown street lights the only one i don't really like is see you in my nightmares but it's because little wayne's on it (laughs) 
but I, I love the ending coldest winter because it's just, it encapsulates the whole album. It brings everything full circle. And it's just like, yeah, like this shit happened and I've got to let this shit go. I don't want to let this shit go, but I'm going to. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And it, you, you just see a different side of Kanye. Cause I was used to Kanye from what I heard. I listened to this like years after he went crazy, but I had heard Kanye basically was just this asshole. That's all I had heard. Mm. And I was like, Oh, but I listened to this album and I was like, wait, he's deeper than that. Holy shit. It's like, it's like that guy that like, it's like the guy that beats his wife. Like I was the wife getting beat. And I was like, no, you don't understand. He's really nice. <laughs> super, super nice to me. Super great. We have kids together. Like I felt like that person. So the last thing that we're going to talk about here on part two is going to be the Daredevil season two trailer. So the Daredevil season two trailer is broken up into two parts, right? Part one looks like it's all about the Punisher. Part two is all about Elektra. So I kind of wanted to get our feelings now that there's a full actual trailer showing what season two looks like and kind of what we were thinking about it. So, Mike, I'll start with you. What were your thoughts on the trailer? Uh, All right. Well, I'm going to make a confession first. Uh, I haven't seen any of the first season, but I did watch the trailer. I thought it looked pretty good. Uh, Don't know why in the beginning Punisher seems to have like a weird kind of Batman style voice in the beginning of it. Yep. And then, but at the same time, I thought it's great for to see the Walking Dead dude playing the Punisher. He, it's mm-hmm. especially since I mean you're dead now on the Walking Dead. So what does he have now? He has the Punisher. All right, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I also was kind of I like how him and Daredevil be kind of battling each other out, kind of because they yeah they don't share the same ideology. It, of fighting crime and whatnot. And then of course, at the end of the trailer, we are, we see Electra and I'm kind of thinking and hoping to see what kind of relationship they have compared to the one in the shitty Affleck Gardner relationship type thing. Okay. I mean, I mean, I, mean, I, I get what you're saying from there. Now, Chris, what are your thoughts on the trailer? Um, I also have a confession. I only made about halfway through the first season, and then I think another show... God damn it! I know, I'm sorry. I made it halfway through, and I think just another show came into my life. I don't... I'm trying to remember. Better Call Saul? No, not yet. I think it was at the time Game of Thrones. Uh, yes. Everyone... yes. No, fuck. Yes. Hold on. <laughs> right here, right now. Fuck Game of Thrones. No. It's two it's versus incorrect. one right now. What are you... Incorrect. Two versus one. Game of Thrones is amazing. If you love Game of Thrones, please comment that I'm wrong in the comment section below. If you hate Game of Thrones, please comment that I'm right in the comment section below. What if, Either way, just comment. What if it's just like one person, I don't like Game of Thrones, and then everyone else is like, Game of Thrones is fucking awesome. Um, then maybe I'll watch it. Okay. If we, get, if, we, if we get 15 comments about how great Game of Thrones is, I might consider watching I'm going to get all my friends to comment in this video now. Um, People so, listening to the so podcast so right now. Need, you're gonna need 13 more comments. People yeah. listening right now, Woo! please tell them how awesome Game of Thrones is. Yeah, come on, oh. get them to watch it. Yeah, back. So anyway, yeah, back on topic. I made it about halfway through before a better show came along. But anyway, um, you know, that's not true. Go ahead. <laughs> it, it is true. Um, anyway, uh, the what I the first half it was you know pretty dark, and then this trailer is pretty damn dark, and um. You know, to see Shane from The Walking Dead, you know, he's, I've seen him in a couple movies. He's actually a really good actor. And 
Uh, so it was just kind of cool to see him in a big TV role again. And, you know, it was, uh, again, it didn't like show too much. So I, again, you kind of get some speculations, but you know, he looks badass uh, as a Punisher. And, you know, I, I will have to now watch season one, the rest of it that I missed. So that'll be, I'm looking forward to that. And then I can just go straight into season two after that, hopefully. So Chris, mm-hmm. have you watched Jessica Jones? You're gonna, oh you're gonna, you're gonna hate me. You're gonna hate me. There's a lot of shows on Netflix, okay? There's not a lot of good shows. That's on Netflix. the one I did. I have watched. <laughs> All right, look. If Danny was here, he'd back me the fuck up. Mike <laughs> saw the message, so Mike knows that I'm 100 percent correct on uh-huh. this. Don't watch anything until you watch the 100. But, God damn. It. Okay. <laughs> watch it. It is better than Game of Thrones. Children die in it. Children die. Children die. Die in Game of Thrones. Yeah. You know how many die? They get burned alive. Oh no, they got burned alive. Oh no, one kid gets his hand chopped off. You see his hand go away. Then his other fingers get chopped off. Then he gets stabbed. And guess what? He's 15 years old. And the girl that killed him was eight. Burned alive. Burned alive. And then some of them get poisoned. Some of them, they get murdered the fuck out of in Game of Thrones. Listen, I just hate medieval time. Okay, that's <laughs> all right. I'm gonna talk about hey, a medieval trailer. That's the that's the truth coming out right there. You will learn to love it. it. You will learn. No, to fuck it. that shit. They the, like that. That's what rapists say to their victims. <laughs> the fuck Speaking is of wrong which, there you? is a lot of rape too. <laughs> yeah, there is. Oh, the, the amount of times they say cunt and like have more normal-ish not medieval stuff i think you know because i i there are people who i think have been turned around by watching game of thrones don't forget incest and nudity and all oh yeah that that's everything oh yeah a lot of death a lot of death mike mike, mike is really into incest if you can't tell oh i could so <laughs> i've always drugs like having a sister incest. <laughs> okay so the daredevil season two trailer from what i could see right John Bernthal sounds like Batman and quotes the Joker at the end. Mm. So we're ripping off DC. You're one bad day away from being like me. John, shut up. It's from the killing joke. You are a bad person. But regardless, I think I like the idea of because in the first season, it was just Daredevil and the Kingpin, right? Black and white, basically. Mm. In this, it's not as black and white because the Punisher sees gray. He sees Daredevil as this like white knight right so when he sees daredevil as this white knight daredevil sees him as this like dark 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 dude but really they both are just different sides of the gray coin right Mm -hmm. daredevil beats the shit out of people like the shit like almost there have to be a few people that he killed there have to Mm -hmm. and the punisher is doing what he thinks justify the means right so the ends that he does you know, it's it's done. It's finality, right? We're not gonna have another criminal back on there, which I think opens up a really nice dichotomy between the two of them, which would be a cool character arc to go through. Now, if Electra gets thrown in that mix as an assassin, which we have to wait until part two, because why show us everything? That would make so much sense. So, if Electra is another assassin in on it, then we got to bring in Bullseye, which means we have way too many characters. We have the Punisher trying to stop the people that killed his family, which, whatever. We have Daredevil sulking around, thinking that he created this, or people around him thinking that he created this monster, which is the Punisher. 
Kingpin is still in prison, which I'm sure won't be in prison at the end of the season because we need him so bad. And, you know, you've got Elektra who dies to a bullseye in the comics. So I don't know why you would kind of half cock your gun. If you're going to bring in Elektra, you need to bring in bullseye. But again, I think that we'll see more as it goes on. I, for one, think the trailer looked awesome. I'm very excited for it. Though I think I might be more excited for Batman versus Superman at this point, where I was originally more excited for Daredevil season two. I come from a land down under. Yeah. <laughs> Women, something, and men chunder. AIDS. <laughs> can, you feel, can you feel the thunder? AIDS. <laughs> you better run. You better take cover. From More AIDS. AIDS. <laughs> that, that, that was our whole that was our whole music as we reset up for part three so so i'm a little salty and chris knows i'm a little salty about this <laughs> so the one and only true god doug walker aka nostalgia uh, critic of channel awesome made a video on tuesday of last week that went on youtube of course because usually he puts it on vimeo but hey if you're gonna make a stance against youtube you put it on youtube damn it he had yeah. cameos from I Hate Everything and Your Movies Suck. From what I could see, I don't know if he, I don't know if they recorded any new lines. I, From what I could kind of decipher, I think that maybe they did record like one or two like snippets. But for a majority of it, he kind of just was like, hey, can I use the opinions that you made on your videos? Mm. So, does that. Uploads it. And you know, most people would be like, but Keith, aren't you super happy about that? Two weeks ago, you put up something about YouTube. We need to talk. You, Trilby, NerdSync, you all are lower to middle to kind of middle higher on the YouTube spectrum. So wouldn't you be happy that a higher YouTuber is stepping in? Well, fuck you, listener. No, I'm not. And here's why. Instead of, instead of going off of the YouTube we need to talk mantra that a lot of YouTubers were doing, he decided to make his own catchphrase. Hashtag WTFU, which stands for where's the fair use? It's very catchy. It's very great. I don't know why we didn't think about it. But irregardless i'm so mad i'm using irregardless it's really fucked up to then split you're you're basically making class warfare on youtube you're splitting a sect of people so instead of instead of jumping on that bandwagon with us right you're like i want to leave my own bandwagon okay cool that's great but if any of us need to start a fucking bandwagon it's the fucking lower to middle class of youtube not fucking you you're fine you're making your money dude you're fucking good to go. Granted, YouTube's fucked you over a little bit. I agree. And he made some really good points in his video, but it's just, why did you have to make your own front? Because here's what ended up happening, right? People like Trilby, uh, Josh Scorcher is another person that I follow. They made their own hashtag WTFU. And the funny part is at the beginning of Trilby's video, he literally states, you know, a lot of this I did state in my YouTube need to talk, but I think it needs to be reiterated, right? And I get that, but I just, I think it's dumb. To support the cause, we now have to remake a video, restate our same points, right? And still be buried underneath all of the top YouTubers that are doing it. Mm. It's like, why couldn't you just jump on the bandwagon, right? You could you could still have the hashtag W, you know, TFU, but still have that moniker of YouTube need to talk because YouTube needs to have a discussion with its creators. Now, I'm probably much more pissed off because I took the time and energy to fucking do that video mm. than you or Mike. But I kind of want to throw it back to you guys and kind of your thoughts on, you know, just the difference between classes and YouTube, kind of the lower, the middle, and the higher class, and conflicting reports between the two. Mm-hmm. 
there's the off chance that he didn't even know about that, uh, which, you know, I don't know what he knows and doesn't know about, but, you know, he could have probably just looked online for a little bit and found that. You know, it's it kind of because he started it. I think he's going to get a lot more attraction for people hashtagging it. So that might have been the reason why. And it is kind of just uh, effed up thing because he really if he did a YouTube, you know, we need to talk or whatever. It would have pointed a, a lot of videos back to or a lot of views back to the people who did that. So he'd be tackling uh, the fair use bullshit revolution, all that. But still, you know, be helping other people out. So. It's and, you know, either way, I'm just kind of happy that this is being addressed and, you know, that these these hashtags or whatever are going to be viewed by people who make decisions. And, you know, I recently got a copyright strike, so it's it's a good time for change in YouTube uh, because I'm going through shit. And I mean, everyone on YouTube has to deal with this shit and it's fucking ridiculous. So I'm I I didn't make a video like you did, so I I'm not as salty as you are but you know i under i understand uh but in the end i'm still just kind of happy that there's something going on you know well and one of the funny things um i i I follow trilby Mm -hmm. reviews on facebook and one of the funny things is is he put up a video for concussion Mm -hmm. the will smith movie right yeah and so with the will smith movie that he did Basically, what ended up happening is a news broadcaster, right? Like, a, like an actual news broadcasting. I'm trying to find the exact one that took it. There we are. Okay. So, Hollywood Reporter. There it is. So, the Hollywood Reporter claimed that he was using their copyright information. But you're a news broadcast. Mm. You're not... You don't own the rights to the the video. You don't own the rights to concussion. You don't own the rights to any of that shit. So basically what ends up happening is the Hollywood reporter then gets all of that money. Mm. Even if the claim gets denied, right? That money goes to them. Mm-hmm. So basically what's happening now is companies are being created just to go on YouTube and claim videos. Yep. Like just random fucking things. And they go, oh, this is mine. And YouTube goes, okay, here's your money, sir. We're, we apologize. And it's kind of screwing out YouTubers of money, which I mean, thank God knock on wood we've yet to have a copyright strike yet but we were close and it was pretty bad but i'm gonna throw it back to mike and kind of mike's thoughts regarding kind of copyright strikes kind of youtube space and everything like that as i know you watch a good amount of youtube yeah um i find that the that guy definitely kind of fucked shit up with uh the least he could have done was just use the same hashtag as everyone else so that way as we were saying before it could it could be a unified like front against youtube but instead he wanted to make his own thing or whatnot and that's just a douchey thing to do like he could have just stuck with uh, the group and just gone yeah and then be the a big force in it because he's a he has a lot of followers and subscribers so he could have been a ma- still a major part in it and be be ahead of the front, but instead he kind of made his own front and he just kind of made a lot of YouTubers pissed. And when it comes to YouTube, like, um, I mean, like you said, I watch a lot. And other than being part of the podcast, I don't really do anything involving posting like YouTube or anything like that. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, kind of a clusterfuck right now of a bunch of YouTube shit. And, uh, 
let's just hope that it gets cleared up soon. Really, that's all I really have to say about that. Yeah. Well, and speaking of clusterfuck of shit, Street Fighter Five was released, and it looks like Street Fighter Five is having Battlefront syndrome, which you know how we like Battlefront. Yay! Woo-woo. Hashtag fuck EA. <laughs> so Street Fighter Five was released on February sixteenth, and of course it was sixty dollars. The thing is, is it's not done. And for one thing, I will give Capcom credit for. They did let everyone know that the story mode for each individual characters, right, would not be released for like a month or two. Now, with that being stated, there's no reason that the online component shouldn't work, as it's not. There's no reason that you can only host two players at a time as opposed to a standard eight in your multiplayer lobbies. There is no reason that there's no arcade mode. Right. And the only thing that you can do is the very, very short, which they already told us about story mode and the survival mode. So I kind of want to throw the question out to everybody else with Street Fighter in mind, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Are companies more afraid nowadays to delay their games because of bad PR or what's going on? Because had they delayed this game two months, it would have released and it would have been a complete game. And I'm pretty sure the Metacritic scores wouldn't be shit. Mm-hmm. so I'm going to throw it to Mike first Mike what are your thoughts on kind of the gaming structure nowadays well that's the thing is like between like all we've been hearing a lot about certain games being delayed and pushed off like uh, wasn't Kingdom ha- Kingdom Hearts uh, delayed and uh, Kingdom, Heart- Kingdom Hearts 3 will never be released Oh, it's never going to be released it's always in development well, but go ahead. well my point though is that there are a lot of games being delayed and people are getting frustrated and just going, Oh, I want this now. And they're getting more and more impatient with it. And then there's games like, like street Fighter five where, where just you put it out and there's a lot of flaws in it. There's a lot of issues that need to be taken care of. And then that just makes people go, well, this game sucks. And and a lot of time people aren't going to be going, yeah, they're gonna. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think I should, like people who haven't got it yet are probably not gonna get it because they've just been hearing bad shit about it. Okay. Like it's like like I like Street Fighter. Uh, I haven't played any of the last few Street Fighter games, but I feel like it's a big name and that it it's it's a it's something everyone wants to go ahead and play or get and wants to play head-to-head against uh their uh friends and stuff so arcade mode is a huge deal and if you can't play arcade mode then what the like half like majority of the people who buy the game are probably going to be really pissed about it so i don't know what like as a i mean i i graduated with pr degree and as a pr person i don't know which side i'd rather be on whether i'd want to be a working for a game company that's delaying their games or one that's putting out their games already because i don't know really how how to really fix that shit well and one really good example that i think from a pr standpoint because you kind of hit it on the head that it's kind of a pr fiasco is if we remember e3 we kind of had a hint that fallout 4 was going to be you know revealed Mm. but we didn't really know and the moment they revealed fallout 4 they gave it a release date and they stuck to that release date because guess what they didn't create this overhype. One of the worst offenders of overhype and being delayed is No Man's Sky. I think No Man's Sky will be an okay game. I think it'll end up like Spore, though, where it'll be like, oh, this is what I do? Okay, what do I do now? I mean, it was fun for the first, like, five hours, but now I'm kind of bored. So I think that it comes down to don't, don't tease your game until you've got a good majority of it done, right? 
Now, that doesn't mean that you need to have a release date in mind, but like you should have everything together. It should be a working demo. I feel like game companies nowadays feel rushed to get their stuff out, which is causing much worse quality control and kind of talks about what we talked about uh, last week, which was betas, right? Betas are a good testing ground, but Street Fighter V had a beta and their online is still fucked. So it's like, why are you doing a beta if by the time you release the game, it's still fucked? But Chris, what are your thoughts? Um, and well, I think part of this is develop or not developers, but publishers. They almost feel safe uh, releasing unfinished games because we live in a world where there are patches and DLC and, you know, Internet where you can just tell everyone, hey, it's not completely done yet. But can you just give us our $60? So I think in the end, it's kind of just like the publishers are like, Hey, um, you need this done by so-and-so. And the developers are like, we don't have it done. And so the publishers are like, well, we could delay the game. And in a world where, you know, this didn't happen, where we had patches and DLC, they'd be like, oh, well, fuck, we got to delay it and, you know, take any hit that comes with that. But now that we live in this safe world where there's a safe zone with releasing unfinished products, you can just be like, well um we'll just push out what we have and then worry about the rest later and i don't think that's right i really dislike that and you know although there aren't many those there are some people who don't have internet and they're gonna get the game and it's not even they're not gonna have internet to get the patch so they're just gonna be like well what the fuck and it's gonna be uh they're they're not gonna have a good time uh is what I'm saying. Ah, uh, ah, ah. Undertale. They're going to have a bad time. I get it. Uh, those of you that have played the genocide run, you get it too. These guys haven't played Undertale. They hate life. Hey, hey, I'm I, in the process of playing it. I am not. I will get on that. Well, it's a, it's a great game. But I, that, I'm saving that because Danny and Miguel really want to talk about it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold off. I'm talking anymore about Undertale. But I definitely recommend playing it. That and Earthbound earthbound the thing that gave us ness so okay i mean i agree i think that you know uh, a a big offender for a lot of people myself not really included because i was just excited to get the game right was rock band 4 rock band 4 everybody was like oh this could be so great we're gonna have set lists we're gonna have this we're gonna have that we're gonna have you know all this other stuff online multiplayer none of it we have none of it we still have none of it but the thing is is they told us flat out hey we're gonna be giving you bare bones on day one but you're not going to have to pay for a season pass. You won't have to pay for Rock Band 5 in two years. This is a platform for our next generation, and we'll update it as we see fit. Now, if there's an update that we think should cost money, then yes, we will. But in terms of everything that's been a Rock Band game before, you're not going to have to pay for it. So that, again, from a PR standpoint, is good. It's letting people know at the gate, hey, we know it's going to be missing a lot of shit, but that's because we want to get it to you, and we want to work on it, and update it as we go forward, right? And I have no problem with companies doing that, as long as you're upfront and honest about it from the get-go. Now, in terms of Capcom, Capcom's kind of a sinking ship with Konami at this point. I think we all agree with that, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, we have Mega Man. We totally forgot we have Mega Man. Should we make a Mega Man game? Nah, make a Mega Man collection. But we did that, like, four years ago. Yeah. And we haven't released anything since then. Yeah. Okay, you're the one with all the money. <laughs> We're geniuses. Right? It's like it's like the Silent Hill mobile game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think that companies are relying on are 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 waning 
on the goodwill of people. And I think, you know, things like Steam Early Access, so Steam Greenlight, ah, Steam, there we go, Greenlight, I think that beta testing, I think all of that is starting to create a little bit of ill will and unrest amongst gamers because I don't want to buy a game day one anymore. Back in the day, it was, hey man, I've got to get Kingdom Hearts 2 when it releases day one because I've got to play this story. Now I feel like got to get Kingdom Hearts 3 a week afterwards because they won't even have the Keyblade rendered. <laughs> like, it's just, it's, it's sad that we live in a time where companies are rushing their games because that is going to cause a decline and probably cause a collapse. I wouldn't be surprised if, if we lost a bit of this art form for a while. So, the last topic for the week that I want to talk about is something that we were going to talk about a few weeks ago but didn't have a chance to, and it's game franchise that needs a reboot. Whether this be a gritty reboot, whether this be a good reboot, maybe it was a game that just didn't get the full potential out of it that it should have. So, I am not going to start. I'm going to go ahead and throw it over to Chris, mm -hmm. and you can go ahead. What, what game franchise do you think needs a reboot? All right, well, um, call of duty and assassin's creed don't come out enough so if i could just choose both of those um <laughs> on a serious note um i've noticed a lot of times reboots kind of happen when there is a bad you know entry to the series and people kind of don't like it so they're like oh let's just start fresh um yeah. so spider-man for example um one game series that i really liked as a kid and the last game in the series didn't wasn't really received well was fable they haven't had a game in like six years and fable 3 if you ever played that it wasn't received well and they changed the world a lot they were like oh there's this whole other continent we don't know about and there's kings are really important and if fable 4 comes out it's almost it has to have a king which is you know not even a very good idea so I that's a series I really like, and I kind of want another one. So I would probably choose Fable because uh, I would enjoy it. Well, and it's getting a reboot, but it's like literally getting a reboot. It's Fable Legends, which is like a top-down kind of dungeon action role-playing game. I but it's nothing like Fable. I haven't heard about that. They I know they've had like weird little indie spinoffs. Is it and like a Connect game? But is it going to be like that, or is it going to be like a sixty-dollar game? It's I think it's going to it's free to play. OK, and it's cooperative. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, so it's I, it doesn't look good. Yeah, I'll take a full budget reboot. That isn't what Keith just told me. Well, and the thing is, I think that now that Peter Molyneux isn't there any longer, mm. I think it could actually make a really good Fable game, because the problem I have with Fable in the past was Peter Molyneux would come out and be like, this game mm -hmm. will print gold out of your Xbox. It'll be the Buy our shit. best RPG ever period yeah buy it and then it's like oh this is pretty good it's not amazing though which is what most people thought i thought fable one was amazing same uh like have you that in the last chapters yeah have you played the anniversary the anniversary yeah. i did play oh i i loved it it was so nice to go back yeah i mean fable 2 still good not as good as fable i feel from a control standpoint mm. fable 3 fable 3 tried to have a really good story yeah it tried but it just it was it was too weird yeah like it was just they just missed just, a lot of the beats and it just like really they were trying to make it the next big entry in the series and it was just kind of very i don't think terrible game but it was like terrible in the disappointed sense yeah i mean and and one of the worst parts of that game was the fact that you know, people were like, oh, well, you'll be able to go to other people's world and see how they've affected theirs. But really, it kind of got Mass Effect 3 syndrome before Mass Effect 3 came out, which was there's only really like three endings. Mm. Which like and the, 
I mean, Fable does kind of have that three-ending uh, thing, in all honesty, though. True, but like if you're gonna, the thing was that they were like, well, why don't you go out and explore the world, explore all of these, and do this and do that? And it's like, well, I'd love to go out and explore everything, but I kind of can't because it's the same world that I'm from, basically. Yeah, pretty much. So, okay, so I, I, I I'm down. I'm down for that. I'm 100 percent down. So, what about you, Mike? What what game series do you think needs a reboot? Well, um, I'm gonna do this for my cousins, my my cousins' sakes. Because uh, they're big fans of it, Half Life. A reboot or just a third game? Half Life Three confirmed, or what? or a new game, either one. Because they were big fans of it back in the day. I I remember them playing it all the time. Every time I'd come see them, I they'd be on their laptops or whatever systems and freaking playing it all the time. Um, that or uh, Resident Evil. A reboot of Resident <laughs> Evil because Resident Evil needs it. The new, the new one. I I got into it kind of late, later on, and the new ones, the newest ones, I'm not that big into. Like I own uh, Revelations or whatnot, and and then of course, uh, don't even give me a start on Resident Evil Five. I think it was the one where you're in Africa. Mm, that's the one. <laughs> um, that's why we were singing Africa at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, all all, all (laughs) comes around. Um, But no, uh, Resident Evil, though, would be a great reboot, uh, especially if you go back to the first, like, few, like, start from the beginning stories and stuff. Because that's, as I said before, I kind of got into it later on, because when I was younger and I tried playing it, I got, like, (laughs) PSTD or whatever it's called from all the blood and all the gore and stuff. And I, at the time, I was so little, I just kind of, was kind of put off by it but then when i got older i was more into zon- i became more into zombies and stuff like that and then they the then it just got the game and got really weird and stuff so they yeah they started going a little bit more actiony mm. instead of going for horror which is the opposite of something like silent hill yeah right silent hill kept to its horror roots it was very psychological by nature where Resident Evil started that way and just eventually was like, oh, you're the best. Uh, Silent Hill, or Resident Evil 6, sorry, had like three or four different stories. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they birthed by sleeped it. So it was like, but none of them were fun to play. Like, I agree with you 100%. I would love to see Resident Evil rebooted. Now, do you want Resident Evil to be rebooted to its horror roots, or what are you thinking? Um, horror, may, maybe make it less action than the new ones, but also maybe a little more action than the old ones. So maybe meet in the middle somewhere or just yeah. go back and make a better horror one, like update graphics and stuff like that. Cause you can make it instead of making it like all like N64 PlayStation two or PlayStation one, like graphics, you have the Xbox one and PlayStation four now. So now the graphics are going to be so much better than they were back in the day. So you can make it even look even more amazing than it was like how uh they're making uh final fantasy 7 they're redoing that like why not do it with resident evil okay i can get that i mean i can get that 100 uh, percent on a horror front i would probably like to see silent hill rebooted yeah. i had a comment you... yeah i had a comment yeah, about go ahead. if they if they redid resident evil i would really like if they did it like resident evil 4 where you know Again, it was like a third-person shooter, but it was a horror game in the end because I you were actually scared and 
you know, like compared to Resident Evil 4, I did play like one of the stories in Resident Evil 6 and it was like nothing but explosions running. It was like, oh, it's dark, so it's a horror game. Like it's that, dark outside. Then the villains were like kind of cartoony mm. uh bug bug creature guys and it was like mm. Come on! It, 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 what happened to them being like flesh-eating zombie people? It, yeah. It just, now it's just like giant bugs and stuff, and yeah, that really, yeah. Yeah, and I think four was like the really good balance, and I think maybe even toned down a little bit from four would be what would make most of the fans happy, and but still, you know, not turn off people who are like, oh, this uh, horror game doesn't have enough guns and bullets, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think if they didn't do escort missions, yes, yes, that was that was the worst mm. part of that. Yeah, trying to protect somebody while you're getting attacked by hordes. Yeah, awful. Oh yeah, Le- it was yeah, Leon. You know what? You could just die. Why don't you? Why don't you just die, <laughs> dude? I one time you have to like shoot the bars on her chest, like and free her, and I was just like, you know what? And she was like, Leon. I'm like, fuck it. I shot her in the head, and the game was like, you are. <laughs> It was like, you failed. I was like, I really don't care. I really don't. I feel good about myself, even though I'm a murderer. So, apparently this game is free now. I didn't know that. So, if you want to play it on Steam, you can go get it for free. Oh, hell yeah. But, I would have to say, I'm going to go a little bit more indie. Not indie. I'm going to go a little bit more retro. I want to say Jet Set Radio from the Dreamcast. Oh, that's a good one. That, That game stylistically it was amazing right like stylistically it looks more like a borderlands type of game right but even more kind of cartoony and comic booky yeah you basically play as this group uh there's different gangs right and you have your own gang and you guys are tagging up the city to kind of claim your own states and it's it's awesome like i feel like the game didn't get long enough of a life cycle because sadly it was on the dreamcast and then you know everything on the dreamcast died yeah. Except for Sonic. Sonic something racing. Um, gotta go fast. Gotta go fast. You guys have any chili dogs? <laughs> but no, I, I think a jet set radio set in like a mirror's edge type of gameplay mm-hmm. would be brilliant because it could still retain the cartooniness of it and like the music and all of that. But I feel like that game didn't get a chance to live where I feel as Resident Evil has had its time and sadly I think it's passed. Yeah. I'd love to see it kind of resurrect itself, but I don't know if it will. Half-Life actually just got remade the first one into Black Mesa. Mm. Yeah. Did not hear about that. <laughs> oh, no, it's pretty cool. Like, like basically it was a fan project, right? Uh, yeah, they, they remade all the graphics for the game in an Unreal Engine and Gabe of, you know, Steam and good lord, what's it called? Valve, there is. He was just like, oh yeah, that's cool. Like, you know, we weren't we weren't making money from that game anyway, so we're we we support you guys 100. percent And it looks beautiful. Like it's it's just like a completely different game. So I'd recommend if anybody has not watched that or played that to do that. But yeah, Jet Set Radio is free on Steam. Go buy it. It's a great game. Yeah. Maybe maybe we can kickstart Jet Set Radio too. That'd be cool. Kickstart. But besides that, I think that we've gone through all of our topics for the day. I think everything else looks perfect. Once again, my name was Keith Legion. You've tuned in to the Decoded Podcast. I was joined by Christian Solberg of Soul Show. If you have not already, please go check out his work. It's pretty awesome. As well, I was joined by Mike Smith 